Thursday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one of the greatest space history movies ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. I'm your other host. And we are uh, 178,000 nautical miles away from Earth as uh, <laughs> everything's coming apart. It looks like uh, they're going to have to get in for some warranty repairs on this, I, I think. It's just going to be <laughs> a bad day. A lot of the stuff we're going to talk about, I, I just want to put in a plug here for the uh, the NASA History Office's Apollo Flight Journal. If you haven't been to uh, the Apollo Flight Journal the, and the Apollo Lunar Service Journal, these are some of the best primary uh sources of, of, of information about uh, actual transcripts and, uh, and mission logs of every Apollo mission uh, that's, that's been up and back. And uh, they're amazing to read, especially in the context of when you're watching the film Apollo 13. In reading the actual transcripts, it's almost verbatim. I mean, there's so much going on, uh, you know, and they have, to, they have to kind of compress things for the sake of a, a drama, but they are so accurate and so, you know, so much things going on where where people were and what they were doing and what kind of back and forth was going on. It's a pretty, pretty good digest of what the actual uh, uh, transcripts showed. And, uh, you know, right now we're watching as they're trying to isolate the problem that's going on. They think that there may be an electrical problem and they're they're shutting down um, wiring systems going from. Uh, one group of electric stuff. They're talking about like, switching quad C to main A and all this other stuff. They're trying uh, desperately to uh, to sort out what the problem is. One of the things that we we kind of forget about in the in, in looking at the past, you know, and, and being used to having all the data we want in front of us. I mean, we all use remote computers nowadays. We do remote computing, but at the time, uh, the 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 way that uh, the way that uh, von Braun's uh, von Braun's uh, telemetry was made was everything went back down to earth and anything that was going on in the ship would kind of be it could be reported by the astronauts but uh it, mostly it was a ground-based uh data set so they had to ask uh mission control the astronauts actually had to ask mission control what they could look at or what was available to them and uh, that's what all that all that stuff is where they're looking at different barber poles uh on the on their on their screen on the on what's going on they actually had to go back and forth and say, "What can we look at now? What are what signals can you know? What signals do you need from us?" They would have switches and dials that they could look at a portion of the data and uh, and just keep going from uh, from switch to switch to switch to read what the data was. But uh, NASA was able to see the whole the whole picture because they were getting all the telemetry to them. Swigert's reading down to them the you know fuel cell one, fuel cell three, main bus B undervolt, cryo pressure and number two compressor. You know, all of these lights coming up, they can see the status of, you know, this is broken, this is still working, but they don't know, they don't know the numbers behind all those statuses. So that's, that's the question. That's what Swigert's reading down to them is, we know all these things are bad. Could you tell us about what each of these bad things are and what the, you know, what the actual numbers are? I couldn't imagine trying to keep all that straight while this is going on. Yeah. You know, trying to call everything down to mission control correctly and, and, uh, I remember... 
or the fact that they did have to read that down. I mean, you know, it's like, and it's still, I mean, it's still that way with ATC that you have to kind of have this voice communication. Of what are you seeing on the on your dashboard? Well, it was interesting. Gene had told me that at one point, what was one of the problems was, and and I know we're going to have Gene on here uh, down the road, is you know, is they were flipping switches and not calling down and letting people know what they were doing. They were getting ahead of mission control. So there were, there was a bit of a few, a few moments where everybody wasn't on the same page and that, uh, I guess that was kind of starting to get a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like if they're reading, if they're reading a number coming down and it's pointing at the wrong device, then yeah, it's like, <laughs> I thought you said that was empty. That kind of, you know, so yeah, it, it is confusing. And you know, it's a very narrow, the, the telemetry was, uh, you know, wasn't very fast. I think it was 19.2, I think, was the total transmission size. So this is, you know, basically a really big modem sending, sending, uh, sending data across. And, the, you know, the data was very concise. There wasn't much, much of it. And they had to, you know, kind of parse it out once, once it got to Earth. The, the amount of information available to them was very limited. And they just pretty much had to sort out, well, what would make, what would make those, those particular statuses show up? And they'd have to just, you know, guess for the most part. But it, it all kind of gets uh, brought up short as, uh, Chris, as you were saying yesterday, when Lovell notices that there was uh, something venting out of the side of the ship. And uh, yeah. that was... Uh, you know, he's, he says there that he can see it out window one. Window one is that big square one that's on the commander's side. You can, uh, if you if you visit any, as I keep recommending, please, we were, we're always talking about museums. But <laughs> we're, not, we're not paid by them, we swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot of it's free. So if you go to a Smithsonian, they're not going to charge you. And if you belong to the EAA and you have an EAA membership card, they'll let you in free. So it's <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you do get to go to a, go to a museum that has, uh, that's fortunate to have a, an Apollo command module, uh, go to the uh, where the hatch is. Walk uh, just a little bit to the left, and you'll see this really big square window, and that's the commander's window, window one. So he has kind of a panoramic view of uh, of the outside more than the other astronauts. And uh, you know, imagine looking through that window and, and seeing the uh, lifeblood of your service module just venting into space. So that must have been just quite a, a terrifying moment. And uh, you know, trying to figure out what it is, and you have a pair of human eyes looking at that. Um, you know, that's probably giving you more data than anything else that that Lovell is getting off of his dashboard. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And it really seems that that's what you know. That was the moment that really got it for them. That that there, this was a serious issue. Uh, was that it wasn't uh, you know in the movie and at least maybe I remembered it wrong but I remember in the movies it was always the poignant moment where he you know said uh, you know we've had a problem but uh, it was you know for according to Jim he said the moment we saw the O2 venting that was yeah. that was that was it that was the bigger moment yeah. <laughs> game over man is one of you know, as yeah Paxton would say in another movie. <laughs> so, yeah game yeah. over man um but yeah it's a just a a sad you know a sad thing i was reading now of course my name is see i i, I talk about things i mean i mean to write stuff down but i i uh, i don't get uh, tom kelly in uh, in his book lunar lander talked about how they were you know they were almost they were 178,000 miles away from earth one of the things about being 178,000 miles of earth away from earth was that kind of was an advantage because uh, if it had happened earlier it would have been a longer trip so if it blew up it blew up at the right time and we are kind of getting ahead of ourselves with talking about um solutions and stuff 
But uh, looking at, you know, you're saying, gosh, they're so far away from Earth. Well, the, the thing is, is that on a, on a, on a free return trajectory, that's, that's where you want to be. If it's going to blow up, try to be where you're just about to go, <laughs> go around the moon. And that may have been uh, what saved them in terms of resources. Um, it's uh, it's kind of counterintuitive, but uh, the idea that you know losing losing your stuff later in the mission is a great thing. Um, oh yeah. Or, uh, of all of all the bad things that could happen, having this you know shortly after you left would be a bad the most bad thing. Jim pointed out once for me that he's glad it happened on this mission and not his other Apollo mission. <laughs> yes, yeah, that would have been a really really bad day. Yeah. I'm sure Frank was happy about that, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I, I think yeah. we even got him to smile on that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And, uh, you know, this, this I think you're right. This is like where Act 2 begins. This is, uh, you know, in a, in, a three act, uh, in a three-act play or movie or, or any kind of a drama, you have uh, exposition, complication, resolution. And this... This is actually where we've settled on. This is the comp- this is going to be the complication for the rest of the movie. This is what's yeah. driving us and the and the rest of the movie. This is where you put the commercial break right, there. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end of minute fifty four. And it is a you know it's it's fascinating just to to watch how Ron Howard uh, lets the audience in on the realization that this is the critical moment that this is a big a big something and you can see it in the faces of everybody in Mission Control. Because like there was, there was so much frantic stuff going around while they're trying to fix the problem, fix the problem, and now it's more like, oh, so this is you know we're we're not going to be going to the moon. We had this is now a fight for survival. Yeah, it's and, a, uh, a lot bigger deal. And I and it, I mean, there's a lot of challenges that of course we're going to see here that I'm sure these guys had no idea, you know, they'd have to think about. Yeah, um, I don't know who the PAO was, but I'm I'm amazed that the public affairs officer for, you know, doing all doing all this transmission stuff. Um, he minimizes. I mean, he doesn't minimize the danger of it, but he's very matter of fact. Um, just looking at the uh, the Apollo flight journal for it, uh, he announces as this is all going on. Uh, he says, "This is Apollo Control, Houston. The rapid exchange of conversations you've heard may be the main." Bus B is offline. Fuel cells one and three are also offline. Fuel cells two is presently online. We now show thirteen in an altitude of one hundred and seventy-eight thousand six hundred forty-three nautical miles. We're at fifty-six hours twelve minutes into the flight. You know he's uh, he's giving the information that uh, you know that that they know, and that's pretty much about all they know. It's like here's what the status is, but they don't know what's caused it. I'm amazed they even gave that out, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they're they're just, and and they're letting they're letting all this uh, all this communication just go out over the over the feed, and all the public the public affairs office will, officer will break in again and mention uh, when he's when they're using things like uh, uh, when they're talking about the different quads. Uh, that's referring. He mentions that references for the reaction control system when they're telling about. It. The public affairs officer is talking about the reaction control systems and trying to explain when they're uh, what they want on the different, you know, the electrical systems are failing. So to power the reaction control system, they have to either move them to main A or main B. With the undervolts, they move it to A and they move uh, Alpha, uh, Charlie 1, 2, 3, and Bravo 3 and 4. On the, so they, they know how much power has to go to fire those reaction control systems. Remember, while all this is going on, the venting from the oxygen is acting like a huge rocket thruster. So the 
you know, and we see it in the in this particular minute the the thing is rocking and rolling, and the RCS thrusters are trying to you know following keeping it out of gimbal lock. They're trying to keep that artificial horizon so that it's pointing the right way, and uh, so they're really burning a lot of a, a lot of our RCS fuel here. Wow. And, uh, yeah. You know, and and I think at the time the astronauts too were you know are looking at it saying that they're getting close to gimbal lock, and they, they, so they're uh, you know they have to keep keep their eye on uh, on how to on how to keep it in the right spot. So, uh, and our buddy our buddy Brent's here <laughs> on on this particular minute. In and in this particular minute, he's playing Jack Lausma because Jack Lausma was the uh, was the Capcom at the time all this was going on. So uh, our old buddy Brett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's doing a good job here too. <laughs> Wearing one and, of those colorful turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he get to get to look a little uh, spicier than the other folks. Fantastic, and wearing his uh, his Plantronics uh, headset. <laughs> very, <laughs> the backbone very... of aviation uh, exactly. communication. Yeah, yeah. If if you haven't had one of those in your ear, you're not a real. I I, I guess you could. You, yeah, if you're if you're in the air, you got to be wearing David Taylor's. But on the ground, Plantronics all the way. <laughs> uh, um, it's a. Uh, it's a stunning, stunning bit. Yeah, we're at the we're at this point in the in the film where it's uh, it is Act Two, and so the rest of this the the story now has gone from uh, Jim Lovell wants to go to space uh, you know, and worry his worry his wife Marilyn and explain to his kids that he'll he'll be okay, and that that was that was the the goal of Act One, and now that whole goal like like the mission has been kind of thrown in the circular file. And uh, the rest of this movie here at the, uh, you know, we're not even an hour in, and we're, we're suddenly we've got to we're going to spend the rest of it trying to resolve uh, this this problem that has uh, that has uh, grown in, in the past two minutes. So uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more. But we're going to be talking about that for the rest of the movie, pretty much. But uh, but we'll we'll get into a, a little bit more depth on uh, what the immediate stakes are uh, tomorrow as as the weekend. Uh, for folks wanting to uh, talk back with us uh, about a lot of this, uh, you know, again, please go check out the um, NASA history pages and look at the Apollo Flight Journal for some of this because this is some really, really great stuff. If you want to want to stay up late and think, wow, these these people really knew what they were doing, <laughs> even when they didn't know what was going on. Uh, check that out. Uh, if you'd like to talk with us, though, uh, we're always available on the social media. Go find us on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. You can also find us on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control. Uh, find us on, uh, if you want to listen to us every day, go to our big site, Apollo13Minute.com. You can uh, check up on uh, previous episodes and get the latest ones right there. Or if you want them delivered to your uh, uh, listening devices on your, you know, your iPhones or your Androids or whatever you're listening to in your car, uh, check us out on iTunes or on uh, Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe and you can get us delivered hot and fresh every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, we will return tomorrow and uh, see if things are going to get better. I don't think they are right at the moment, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we're coming up on Lost Signal in about 30 seconds. So we will see you here next time to finish out the week here on the Apollo 13 Minute. <laughs>